are you just starting your day or did you just get off? They call, I go, you know. So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a chauffeur. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y Baby. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what happens when you say no, how I could break your legs and kill everyone you love, because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. The moment you catch feelings is the moment you catch a bullet. And your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. I want us to head west and never stop. You win? I'm in, baby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And this week, uh, Devin had us take a look at the 2017 Edgar Wright film, Baby Driver, a film that him and I had both seen, but Ryan had not. So now we get to make Ryan watch a, a driving movie. <laughs> Good. Um, so since this is Devin's episode, I'm going to let him take point. All Devin, right. take it away. Hey, thanks. So... A couple things before we dig into this. Mostly, I wanted to watch this because I'm slowly trying to discover if Edgar Wright really is my favorite director. But also, I didn't realize I basically made you guys watch another heist movie again uh, until I was watching it again. I went, oh, this is a heist movie. <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. Uh, I mean, we, we had that DreamWorks filler episode in between heist movies. So it was a good it palate works. cleanse. It yeah. Works. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so let's do first impressions, because I'm curious. Ryan, I'm most curious about yours, so I'm going to save yours for last. But Alan, what did you think of the movie? Okay, so I wanted to see this movie in theaters, but this was this came out at a time where I barely got to go to the movies. Um, so I waited until it was on Blu-ray, and as soon as it came out, I requested it from the library and got it. And I was like, that was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, then I saw a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff on it. And listen to some interviews with Edgar Wright. I'm like, oh my god, I need to rewatch this. And I finally got to that chance today because of the show. So I have a lot of things that I want to talk about uh, with all of that. And uh, we'll get into that later. But no, I enjoyed the film. Um, it's probably not my favorite Edgar Wright film, but it's my favorite. Yeah, it's not my favorite Edgar Wright film, but it, it's up there. Okay, I'm, and I'm interested to know about all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I hope you get to it later, because I don't know a lot about it. I know, like, a few things in, like, one scene, and that's it. It, it has more to do about the film overall. Okay. So, just a little bit of a tease Ooh. there for you. Ooh, I'm excited. Well, Ryan, what did you think of the movie? This is your first time watching it. Yes. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, songs? I'm mixed. On this oh yeah i'm really Tell mixed me. on it um there are aspects of it that i really like there are mm -hmm. certain things that they did that i was really a fan of but then there's other things that annoyed me and there were certain things that they didn't do when it comes to the music that like i kept on waiting for certain things to happen or certain songs to come on once i once i like realized what the flow of the film was going to be and i was fine with it but there were songs that they completely didn't put into the film, which I would have that would have fit okay. better, I feel. And I'm not as eclectic as a fan of music as 
Edgar Wright, if he wrote, was he the writer too on this? Yes. Okay. So I'm not as eclectic as a music fan as he is. So Mm -hmm. I would have just stuck to like one type of like, not music genre, but music topic. Okay. And I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it further, but I want to wait till we hit those points. But my reaction was okay. mixed. But it it is a good movie. It's fun. But I was mixed on it. Interesting. I'm I'm really curious to hear what you didn't like about it or what like disappointed you because I think me watching this movie a second time, I think I definitely rec- like realized like there's not much about this movie I don't like. I think that like all of the actors are great in it. They're all putting in really good performances. Uh, I think that. Um, the music goes along so well with the plot and I just like the use of music throughout and I like how they tie the music into the plot. I think it's very cleverly done. And I do like that. They show a a main character with a disability, like even though it's not like a terrible one, like I like the main character has a disability. It's not that like the music flows for what they were Mm -hmm. doing. It does. My issue came with the music with the driving. And there's one song in particular that I want to bring up that, I was waiting for it throughout the entire film. And when I finally got it, I was extremely disappointed. Well, let's do it. What is it? Do, 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 do you want to get into the music thing now? Yeah, I mean, the music, can, yeah. music's like okay. a big point in this. I think we should just dig into it. Radar Love by okay. Golden Earring is considered to be one of the best driving songs ever written. And it was in this movie for five seconds. And it wasn't until way after the middle point of the film. Now, I listened to Radar Love at the beginning, like as soon as Baby hit the play on his uh, on his iPod, I hit play mm-hmm. on my phone for that song just yeah. to see if it would time up. And it worked up until he started singing the song that they were actually playing. Right. And then it kind of diverged. But th- the song itself would have fit that scene. But not for, you know, not the, the timing of what they needed, because it's like a six minute plus song. Right. Um, and there's a lot of other songs that are to me that I consider to be better driving songs than what they picked for some of the driving scenes. So when did we get Radar Love? Because I don't think I actually know this song and I don't actually know its moniker as like best driving song. OK, uh, Radar Love uh, was played on the radio when he hijacked the old woman and threw her purse back. Oh, and he like turns it to the radio and that's the one that he gets to. Yes. Interesting. Ra- okay. Uh, it's an older song. It was released in, it, uh, it was released in the early seventies. It was, it was a British rock band. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you don't know it, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but it, it has a tremendous, like it, the beat, um, the sound fits driving and driving fast. For 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 a song that came out in uh, in the early seventies, it's basically about a guy who gets a call from his girlfriend that hey, I want you here now, and it's the middle of the night, so he just goes tearing down country roads to get to her, and that's what he's singing about. And then towards the end, it talks about how like there's a car accident and there's one less radar love, like and there's one less radar lover oh, in the world. Okay. Um, I just like to me that's a driving song. And they had a Queen song, but to me, it wasn't the right Queen song. Um, it should have been Don't Stop Me Now. Okay. Now, but, but, but I understand because the song they have is basically the story of the movie. 
So I get that. I get that part. But you can have more than one Queen song in it. Here's here's my opinion on the music in this. Um, Edgar Wright made a lot of bold choices with music. Like you put Queen in there, but it's not a Queen song that everybody knows. Uh, Don't stop me now is used in everything. Uh, but you pick the one that they used. Which what was it called again? Yeah, what was the Queen song they used? It began with a B. It was like B rhythm or B rhyme. But I do know that the song was about a guy who gets involved with crime, who doesn't really want to be there. He just gets dragged along and he falls in love with the girl and he wants to get out. And but at the end, he doesn't go to prison. He gets shot and killed. Like, that's what the song's about. Yeah. It's called Brighton Rock. Yeah. Brighton Rock. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Because I, I thought they said Ragnarok when they when uh, I thought they did, too. Yeah. Um, but the whole my whole point is the soundtrack isn't these well-known songs like you get bands that, you know, musicians that, you know, and like beats that, you know, like there's one part where I thought it was going to go into jump around. And I had seen this movie once. Like it's when he's getting the coffees at the beginning. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I was expecting jump around, but it's not that it's what they took the sample for jump around to this. This movie does Edgar Wright does a good job of picking music that doesn't isn't some stuff that's well known, but it works for the film. Like the whole reason he picks these movies is because not just for the meanings behind the songs, but also for the kinetic beats like this film the best word I can use to describe it is kinetic. Like you have the gunshots lining up beat for beat with the music. You have the driving synced up to the song on the radio or in his ear earbuds. Um, I, I I like that the soundtrack isn't well-known stuff. Whereas it's it's a bunch of B sides. Whereas like guardians of the galaxy, uh, awesome mix one and two, those are all songs that, you know, like pina colada and, uh, ain't no mountain high enough. Like everyone knows those songs. Those are more popular songs. I think it's, I, I really appreciate that this one doesn't go the popcorn route for most of it. There, like there's not many, very many songs that are well known and played on the radio on oldies stations or classic rock stations that often. Well, my thing is that there were only two songs that I would have changed. Only two. Oh, wow. One, I would have had Radar, uh, uh, Radar Love. Mm-hmm. played at the beginning as the opening song because of the chase with the WRX and what the song Radar Love is about. You can easily change the lover into just trying to get free Yeah. because towards the end of the song, he talks about how, okay, I'm getting close. I've got to slow down. I've got to cool down now. And around that point in the song, they were pulling into the parking garage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the lyrics, you know, and their meaning – a song is it means what you want it to mean yourself it doesn't need to mean what the artist wants it to mean but the other song i would have put in there would have been uh highway star by deep purple those are the only two songs that i would have added everything else could have been left alone i can see highway star fitting in this just the same kind of kinetic energy and that's it i'm just talking like for when it comes to the driving with, yeah. how, with the fact that it's called Baby Driver, I would have liked actual songs about driving and that people connect to driving. That 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 was my biggest disappointment of the film. Did it take me out of it? No. It was just mm-hmm. I was disappointed the longer it took for one of these songs to come up. And when I finally got it, I got five seconds of it. 
And he wasn't even like chasing. They didn't even show him driving fast and waving in between cars, which is what that song goes with. Mm. Like he has how many iPods? You're telling me that not one of them has deep purple or golden earring like they were huge bands in the 70s. Well, I I think the big thing with the music is that they each song was specifically chosen for the music itself to go with the vision that Edgar Wright had. Like you take that opening song and you, the way he cuts that sequence is how he wanted it. Like one of the things I wanted to bring up is they were editing this on set. Wow. To the music. Like they had a guy with a computer and a cart, like putting the footage together as they were going. Wow. And everything is was shot just for these songs. So they were just doing the bits that they needed to line up with. The, this whole thing's a giant music video, pretty much. It is. Like oh, yeah. Each sequence is for each song. So like, I, didn't, I don't really think about like switching out songs at all because one, I'm not that musically inclined and two, like I, I see this as Edgar Wright's musical masterpiece. <laughs> and, and, and you know what it is for what he wanted to do. This is really good as somebody who looks at this movie and goes, Oh, cool. This is, this is about a wheel man. This is, this is about somebody who has the talent that I want when it comes to driving vehicles. I mean, if I could drive a car like that, I would love it. But at the same time, being that person, I want to hear at least maybe a little bit of snippet or more than a snippet of songs that go along with that. That's, that's, that's the point of view that I, that's the point of view that I'm coming across on that. That's it. I mean, I totally agree with you, Ryan, like with your point about the music. I just I mean, I, I, I get that. I'm going to get both sides. I understand that, like, more driving songs would have been nice. And like as a driver, he would idolize that kind of song because, I mean, even with John Hamm's character, they talked about just the kind of culture around being a driver. Yeah. So like those songs would have been literally like standard, like this is what I drive to kind of songs if that's really what they are. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I think plot wise, it makes sense. I just don't know, like, I I guess they would have had to, if they edited on scene, it would have been so hard to do, like, any song. Because, I mean, I don't, I, especially the tequila part, where they were listening to tequila, the tequila song and shooting to it, and, like, everything lined up so well. Like, that was, like, the wow moment for me when it came to that one, or to that song. And, like, I can't imagine what it was like editing and shooting that to be that precisely lined up with the song. I don't know how that would have changed the rhythms of the scene if they picked other music. Yeah. And, and, and that's why, like I said before, this, he, he put a ton of work into it. If this is the music that he likes and this is the music that he sees that fits that type of like lifestyle and that type of action, that's fine. That's him. I'm just coming at it from my own point of view. I would have liked more of radar love and at least another, well-known drive, you know, what people determine to be a driving song in the film. That's it. Yeah. Everything else can stay the way it was. I mean, that's just, that was my take on that. But other than that, like I loved most, I loved most of the music that was in this. I haven't mm-hmm. heard of most of the, I, yeah. I mean, I knew that the beginning part of jump around was sampled. I just didn't know by who. And I really liked the song that they sampled. Like, 
this movie gave me a song that I never really thought about ever looking up and I'm happy about it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah. So the only complaint I have about the music is I don't really like the mix he does. The like, was he slow <laughs> song that he like mixes that like he played. I don't, I don't think I'd listen to that. I, I really like EDM and, uh, electrical like type music. So I love the fact that he listens to all of this, like, you know, really good music from all of these different people, all of these different genres. And what does he do to make his own music? He makes EDM. Right. <laughs> I just loved that. Like, you know, he, uh, I love that aspect to him that, you know, he does. He doesn't play the drums. He doesn't play guitar. He doesn't, you know, play a bass. He doesn't do any of the stuff that would go into like a pop or like a rock band. No, he makes music that they play at raves in the desert. <laughs> well, do you think maybe that's because of the whole tinnitus thing? Like the different frequencies he can hear better because of that? Like it might do you be. Think maybe that's why that makes sense, too. Actually, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but, well, I mean, yeah, it could be. Let me tell you, I made the best choice rewatching this movie today for the podcast. I watched it with headphones. Oh, man. I almost put in earbuds, but I was like, no, I'm wearing I'm going to wear these headphones because I, I don't feel like unplugging stuff. Um, the 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 humming that he has in his ears, you really pick up on listening to this in headphones because it's there throughout the film. And like the moment where they're listening to the song in the diner. And John Hamm takes the earbud. Mm -hmm. Like you can, it, it gets more clear when it goes into his ear. Like uh, there's a lot of subtle things that, like that. Mm -hmm. If you can, I highly recommend watching this movie with headphones. Oh, I definitely will now. That would be really cool. Yeah, and and one thing too, it was actually very interesting to actually hear it the way that they did it because occasionally I get that ringing. Oh, wow. Because my eardrums never closed up as a kid, so I had tubes like a lot of other kids do. But mm -hmm. my eardrums never closed up. Oh, wow. So I went through life with having holes in both my eardrums until I was in seventh grade. And then I had surgery to get that fixed. Um, and ever since then, like once in a blue moon, just randomly, I'll get like a high pitched like like squeal just just like the humming, just like the high pitched humming they had in the movie. I'll get that for a good like 20, 30 minutes and then it'll eventually go away. Wow. But it was very interesting to actually to like how they had that set up to where whenever there wasn't music playing, it was there. And that's just how it is. Mm. Like unless you're listening to something that, that that's at a certain like uh, uh, volume, it's there. Yeah. I, I just... I think it was really cool how they did it. And I, I mean, I watched it on a, on a big TV. So like, I heard it like when it was really obvious, like, Hey, all of his, like he took his ear pods out or his headphones out. Like now you can really hear, but I didn't get the little subtle stuff that Alan picked up on. And like, yeah, like even, even with the uh, Sony opening credits, like the opening mm -hmm. titles, it's there. And you oh. can really pick up on it with the headphones. Oh, see, in fact, I missed that. In fact, I thought my ears started doing that when I first started watching the movie. And it wasn't until, like, they started playing with it that, that, that I realized it wasn't me. <laughs> so, wait, did you pick up on the fact that he had tinnitus then before oh, yeah. they said it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I picked up that it was a thing. I didn't know that that's exactly what it was. But I figured that it had to do with something, with one of the characters or somebody. Yeah. But, I, uh, but as soon as, like... 
they had a scene before they explained it where his earbuds came out and it stopped. Yeah. And then that's when I was like, oh, so you're not just listening to his music. You're hearing everything that he hears the way that he hears it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So the one thing that I really liked about the music and, and we can get off of this afterwards is the one scene where he goes on the coffee run. To, I think it's called Harlem Shuffle is the song. Um, the my that's one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie and that's what like gets me most excited about the movie because when he's walking down the street you see the lyrics to the song as he passes them and as they're playing on like on his ipod and like you know if they like i think there's one like spot where like yeah 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 happens in the song and on like in graffiti on the back wall you see that written and the camera pans to it at like just the right moment and like that blows my mind. I can't imagine like the level of like, like how the actor w- had to have been told to move through that space and at what speed and like how the camera had to pan at just the right moment and how the audio had to line up. Like all of these cr- th- crazy things coming together for just this one shot, like blows my mind. Well, one thing that uh, I found out when I was doing my notes mm-hmm. was that they did like 28 takes of that. And they wow. use the 16th take. Wow. So I can't even imagine being one of those extras, like the lady on the bike that stops that almost hits them. Like, yeah. I wonder how many times that failed. Like, I really like that that didn't line up correctly. Like, I like I, I want to see the other takes. I want to see the outtakes of that entire thing. I want to see what didn't make it of from that day. I didn't want to see I guess there's a thing on the internet now where people are taking bloopers and splicing them into the actual scenes. Yeah, I saw I've a o- link to that. What? I've only seen it with Star Trek The Next Generation. Like, there's a scene where it's uh, Picard standing behind Data at a computer station and Geordi and Worf in the background. And Picard says, good job, Geordi and Worf. And then the two of them just high five behind <laughs> Picard. <laughs> <laughs> So hold on, what is this called? Because I need it for everything. Uh, I'll send it to you after the show. Good, yeah, okay. Um, Please send it in the, in the group thing. Yes, I will. Um, that was amazing. I so what, 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 one thing about the, uh, the choreography in this and just the planning is Edgar Wright sat on this film for years before he actually made it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was working on this longer than he was working on his Ant-Man movie that never happened. Oh, wow. Um... Let's see. I had the date here. He first got the idea in 2002 when he was working on a music video for the band Mint Royale. Oh. So this was Um, 15 years in the making? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I can see him having ideas for a different... I think when he sat down to write the script, it said that he had 10 songs that he was going to use, and he ended up using 30. Um, Wow. So I can can see the... like. I've done like ideas for scripts in my head uh, set to songs. I actually did one in college to a a piece of the score from Lost. I wrote a whole short, and that was like... That was the short that got me into the film program at Penn State. Oh, wow. Um, totally ripped off the music from Lost, but hey. I, it worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just he had years to figure out how he wanted to do this and how to pull it off. So it's not like 
it was like a spur of the moment thing. Like he knew what he wanted and he was able to get the people to do it the way he wanted to. I respect that a lot. I think that's really cool because it, it, at that point, it doesn't feel like it's like a for money project or like a haha, this will make me the bucks. This feels like something he actually wanted to do. I feel like that's most of his stuff, though, from what I've seen, because I've seen Shaun of the Dead. I've seen Hot Fuzz. Um, I saw the movie you guys had me watch and then I saw the movie you guys had me watch for this one. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that's all he does is he just makes stuff that he wants and he sits on stuff until he finds somebody who lets him do it the way that he wants to. I was going to say, like, He's got at least three years between projects for most of the time. Uh, Shaun of the Dead was 2004. Hot Fuzz was 2007. Scott Program was 2008. World's End 2013. Baby Driver 2017. So he doesn't rush into projects. No. He, and he, there's a few shorts and stuff in there in between. Like he did a short for Grindhouse. But like, he doesn't rush into projects. He takes his time with them. He lets them stew. He plans them out. And I th- he he likes having that control, and I think that's why he didn't end up directing Ant Man, because Marvel wouldn't let him have the complete control that he wanted and is used to, and I think good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before you move on, Alan, Devin, I have something to admit. So yes. Alan, you said that you made like a short based off a song, and that got you mm-hmm. into like the program. Yeah. You, okay. So when The Matrix came out, I was obsessed with it. Uh, it was one of the first movies that I was like oh my God, I know film because the first time I saw The Matrix, I understood it and none, and none of my other friends did. And I think I've brought this yeah. up before on other episodes. But anyway, so Whoa. the scene, <laughs> exactly, the scene where they walk into the lobby towards the end and they yeah. shoot the entire thing up and like the SWAT team comes in. I thought that was the coolest gun scene I'd ever seen in my life. And around at that point, I became the biggest Slipknot fan on the planet because their like first album had just come out like not that long ago. So I set up, so I sat, so I set up, um, my parents, uh, early nineties, Sony family camcorder. So like one of those things that are like a little bit bigger than a brick like thing yeah. Like th- yeah. that, like you could fit the actual full size, like cassette tape in. Um, (laughs) on a tripod pointed at the TV and I muted the TV and it was VHS. So I had to rewind and I stopped it right before (laughs) they came in. And I, and I, uh, and I recorded, I tried to find out if any of the songs on the, on Slipknot's first album would line up with the action. So I spent an entire summer's day when my parents were at work, like, rewinding playing recording and like trying to hit three things in in the in the, the living room as fast as i could <laughs> to make it line up and one of the songs did but i can't remember which one it was i was probably tattered and torn <laughs> if i was guessing it's that one <laughs> oh. some other day we will devin and i will have to tell you about the journeys of us in high school with video camcorders oh we will yeah, not today though. That's that's a story for another for another <laughs> well, time. That was in high school. That was in middle school. <laughs> I, I love that you did that though. You were like, I like that you were like live editing. You were like, yeah, yeah. Like I was trying to because it was just one of those things where I was like, I was so obsessed with the Matrix at the time, and I loved the Slipknot album to death. And I was like, these two things work: heavy metal and gunfights. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this gets me thinking, and this movie brings up a good point that music in a movie can kind of make or break it. Mm -hmm. Like 
I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy would be as endearing to me if the music wasn't as great as it is. Uh, or if they just did like, oh, it's a space movie. Let's do random spacey soundtrack and like maybe throw in like a, you know. David Bowie. Yeah, so I was thinking David all, Bowie. It's all, it's all David yeah. Bowie. If, if Guardians of the Galaxy was just Power Man 5000, I would have been happy. Power Man 5000 is more than one song? <laughs> Or is it just what? that one song over and over again? Do you have any? No, don't don't even talk to me about music ever again. Like, no, they they have. Shut up, shut Ryan. Up. We've all played Tony Hawk. We all know the song you're talking about. I'm talking about the entire album of that one song. Got it. No, do you even know? No, 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 no. Have you heard any other song on that album? No. To me, it feels like people that are like, God, Devin Devo has more than one great song. You were no, 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 no. You do not relate. Power my Power my five thousand at Devo. What, what are you doing? Stop it. Why, why are we shitting on Devo? Like I'm confused. Same here. He's the one that he's the one that's trying to bring it up. I'm just saying it's two completely different genres. Power Man, Power Man five thousand has an excellent science fiction new metal album, and it is great. Worlds collide is isn't even the best song on that soundtrack. They have okay. a song in Evolution. Oh, do they really? Yes, they do. But I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to watch that movie again and figure it out on your own. It's so worth it. This is Tell Love, joke. Devin. Hold on. Are we talking about the Evolution with David Duchovny and Amanda yes. Jones? Yes. Okay. This is the second time this week that this movie has come up. <laughs> And all I have to say is I think we've established that Kaka Kaka and Tookie Tookie aren't working. That's all I have to say to that. I'm watching that movie tomorrow. Oh, I have to now. It's on Netflix. Or is oh, it on? then no, yeah, it's on Netflix right now. All I remember is the the head and shoulders joke at the end, and I went, "I use that product." I had to explain that to my wife because I was like, "Have you ever seen Evolution?" She's like, "No, why? Why would I?" I was like, it's the one where they defeat the aliens with head and head shoulders. And shoulders. <laughs> She's like, wait, how? And then she's like, wait, is it the zinc? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the zinc. <laughs> is that is that better or worse than the swing away Meryl defeating the aliens? Uh, or is it better than worse than natural human diseases? I mean, for the it's, for what could have been Ghostbusters three, it makes sense. Yeah, that's that true. Movie, I, that movie was supposed to be Ghostbusters three. I did not know that. I have to say it's definitely better than uh, living in a village in uh, the uh, 1600s and realizing it's 2007. (gasps) I hate the village with a passion. I don't hate it that much. It's fine. This coming from the person who thinks Power Man 5000 only released one song. (laughs) First we're shitting on Devo, now we're shitting on M. Night Shyamalan. Guys, come on. I'm fine with M. Night Shyamalan. Easy targets, too. So Kevin Spacey's in this movie. Oh, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. Kevin Spacey's not in this movie. They couldn't fight any blight. They couldn't find anybody to play Doc, so they had to CGI the character in. He just happens to look like Kevin Spacey. But it was supposed to be some other guy. It's supposed to be somebody else. It was a young David Attenborough, and they just got it wrong. I, okay, yes. I don't want to. I don't want to get into the Kevin Spaceyness of of everything. Yeah, I will say after everything that broke with him, it kind of adds a layer to his character in this. It does, because it it like especially with him calling him baby, like it it's really yes. cringy, and I think the film. I, it almost benefits, benefits from it. Yeah. Okay. No, it, I don't yeah. want to be the only one to say that. But I think no, it, I'll do it. 
yeah like this like it made him saying i've been in love too in the elevator a hell of a lot more creepy yes. and it made his death a lot more satisfying <laughs> yeah um all right so anyway back to music and movies and, and soundtracks yes um so this one has a really strong soundtrack Devin, is there a movie that soundtrack just sticks out to your mind? Like, we you think go-to movie soundtrack, is there one that comes to your mind right away? Oh, man, you guys, here comes my Power Man 5000 level opinion on all of this. But, guys, it's Pirates of the Caribbean uh, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, that face you're making, that's okay. the face you should make. I'm, I'm going to uh, make you pick another one. I'm going to count that as a score, score, not a soundtrack. Okay, okay. That's why me... I was making the face I was making. Okay. Yeah. It's not a soundtrack. I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking like compilation album. Ryan, do you have one? Godzilla, not to, uh, 1997. That's a good one. Definitely, I, I, I sought that album out and bought it after we did the episode. Oh, really? Last year. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah, just just for the the Wallflowers doing "Hero" by David Bowie. Like that that co- that's one of my favorite covers of all time. Now, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Okay, if we're talking about like straight soundtracks and how often I've listened to them, then for me it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think I like it better than Number One. I like the songs better, uh, and I've just listened to it more. And I know it's kind of a cop out, but like. That's probably my most listened to soundtrack. Translation, it has David Hasselhoff, so it's his favorite. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was named after him, so I get to like it. For me, it's going to be the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. That's not the one with Hero on it, is it? No, it's not. It's the one with Dashboard Confessional, Train, Maroon 5, and Hoobastank. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I love Hoobastank. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, like that—that that soundtrack is one of my desert island albums. What's uh, amazing? Oh yeah. yeah. So my 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 runner-up soundtrack from when I was younger would have been the Fast and the Furious album. Oh yeah. Okay. Would it would have been that one? Because that there's a well, there's that, and then there's also the Triple X soundtrack. So, like, you've got Godzilla, Triple X, Fast and the Furious. Like, those are my three favorite, like, movie, like, soundtrack. Man, Godzilla would be so much better if it had Vin Diesel in it. No. Oh. No. <laughs> but delivering delivering the same lines, the Ithtatopolis, over and over again? Yep, way better. Why would you even think that he would be the... the no, he wouldn't be the main character. Oh, they'd make him the main and character. And <laughs> Oh, I'm good. No, he'd be, no, he'd be Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> like Iron Giant, just like Iron Giant. Yes. OK, um, back to Baby Driver, because we're yes. about as far away from that as we can get. All right. So, Alan, you said that you had a big a big fact about the movie. I'm very curious about what that was. Oh, no, you... that, I think we covered it already. I oh, have, that I, was it. I have a bombshell to drop on you guys. Do it. So I'm watching this and I'm looking at the one guy in the uh, first Jamie Foxx heist. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the guy who screwed over Marty McFly. I looked it up and it was Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is in this movie. What? Yeah. The uh, the one who doesn't die. The one in the uh, Michael Myers heist. Eddie No-Nos. Yeah, that's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's awesome. The one who screws over uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Needles. I'm not, 
needles. Yeah, that's right. I love that and like that he appears in both of these movies. I also really loved the Mike Myers mask bit more than I should have. I did too. Um, there are other musicians in this. Um, I had a fact about it. Go ahead, Ryan. The uh, Do you guys know the story behind the uh, Austin Power masks, though? No. Because it's funny. Okay. So this is on IMDb trivia. Um, I looked, I, uh, when I saw it and I laughed for about five minutes, they really wanted the Michael Myers mask when they wrote the film and they went into production, they wanted Michael Myers from Halloween. They could not get permission. Oh no. So they went with Michael Myers and they put it in as a joke in the movie. (laughs) Oh, I like that so much. Because if because if you look at what they're wearing, they're wearing the Michael Myers Halloween costume, except for the mask. They're wearing the blue jumpsuit. They are, aren't they? They're all wearing the blue jumpsuit. So that that is something when I read made me like that joke in the film a lot more because I needed something to make that joke better for me because I'm not a fan of Jamie Foxx. Okay, so what did you think of him in the movie, though? I know um, if you're not a fan of him, like, how did you how did you because he's a big part of this movie. So my note when they showed him for the first time, the note that I wrote, like I paused the movie. And, uh, as soon as they showed him, like he took his sunglasses off and they saw that it, and I saw that it was him. I paused the movie and I wrote down no in capital letters, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> and then later on in the film which was probably before he died, I mm-hmm. wrote, I hate Jamie Foxx in this. Is it because of his character? Because you're supposed to hate the character and that is he just doing too good of a job? No, or is that like you just don't like his acting in it? I am, I will fully admit, Jamie Foxx is one of those actors that does not interest me. Okay. I've seen I've seen a few things that he's done and there are a few things that he's done that I've liked. The first time I ever saw Jamie Foxx was on In Living Color. So maybe that's part of it. I see him as a wow. comedic actor. I see him as like, you know, somebody who can play a drama. Good. I can take him in a drama. I can take him, you know, playing somebody serious. I I can take him as being a goofball. What I can't take him as is a thug. Tune in next week when I have Ryan watch Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Uh, wait, have you not seen um, that one, Ryan? I've seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. This is probably the worst it, yes. movie for you. Um, I, I can take or leave Jamie Foxx. If I don't like him in a, a movie, I just blame it on the uh, 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 alcohol. Um, <laughs> but, but Jamie Foxx being in this, like, like there's a, a trivia fact that I didn't really realize. It goes back to the flea thing as well. Uh, in keeping with the musical theme of the film, singers and musicians make appearances throughout. In addition to the uh, big boy shows up, uh, Killer Mike, <coughs> Flea, uh, Academy Award winner, Academy Award winning songwriter Paul Williams oh. appears. And then they also include Jamie Foxx as a musician. And I'm like, eh, that's debatable. That's another issue I have with Jamie Foxx. That's another issue. <laughs> How is he a musician? That song that I just butchered, the blame it on the alcohol. That's him. That's him, and he's what? the uh, he's the Ray Charles part in that uh, Gold Digger song that Kanye did back when Kanye first blew up. 
Oh, so okay. long story short, short we can, we can thank Jamie Fox for Kanye West. Neat. Does that bring him up in your book, Ryan? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's another thing I knew because I used to be a yeah. huge Kanye West fan before Jamie Fox. Oh wow! And actually, when Jamie Fox got mixed in with the whole thing, like that—that that was one of those songs when it came out. Like Gold Digger came out, and I'm like, oh, cool. This, you know, this is this, you know, this fits Kanye. And then I saw that Jamie Fox was part of it, and I was like. Uh... Not only is Jimmy Fox part of that song, he's also like just doing his Ray Charles impression from Ray. So yes. That's kind of weird for a song by Kanye West. Like hindsight's 2020, but still. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah. it's a weird, a weird choice. It is. Was so that wait. pre was that pre or post George Bush hates black people? Oh, it had to have been pre. Back to Mike Myers. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, oh, Mike Myers. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> we got there, boys. All right. Uh, you have to watch this podcast. All right. Huh? <laughs> Doesn't get better okay. than this. Okay. So uh, one thing, since we're yeah. on, like, we talked about costumes and stuff. I wanted to bring this up. Um, Baby, and I'm reading straight from my notes. Baby looks like a character out of a Need for Speed video game. Yeah. All right, I'm because I'm down he's with that. wearing a generic varsity-looking thin coat with a white shirt and jeans, yeah. and he's wearing sunglasses part of the time. He looks like your generic, you know, forced avatar character from like the first four Need uh, 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 Need for Speed games, which I mean works because I mean you know the type of person that he is, but still, like the first part of the film, like he's driving, and I'm like. I did that and need for speed most wanted. I've done that before. <laughs> I I like the scene where he goes in the bank and he has to take off the his hat and sunglasses. And I'm like, not the varsity jacket he wears everywhere that he's going to wear to the heist tomorrow. Not that yeah. too. Cause he still gets recognized. Like, Oh no, he put on a hat and sunglasses. That'll make the difference. <laughs> One thing I will say about uh, his casting, uh, the actor's name, because I'm already messing up actors' names in this episode. Jamie Foxx. Uh, Ansel Egnor. One thing about his casting is, if you're going to have a character named Baby, they get a, did a really good job of getting an actor with a baby face. Yes. Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. Let's, so we, we talked a lot about Jamie Foxx. Let's talk about some of the other thugs and robbers in this movie. I love John Hamm in this. I just like him so much i don't know him very much from Mad Men. i've only seen a couple episodes so i don't like i only really know him from uh 30 rock so like this is such a departure from that character i love it <laughs> yeah broke that, Alan. that's a complete stretch from both don draper and this i just got really lightheaded holy shit oh uh, no um yeah, he doesn't get. John Hamm has had a weird career, where he he doesn't really have the leading man roles as much as he he's like the supporting player in films. Like he is in this and the town. Um, oh, he's in the town. Yeah, he's the uh, head FBI guy. Oh wow! I need to watch that movie again. Um, I love the town. Kristen and I just rewatched it uh, two weeks ago. I really like Ben Affleck as a director and I 
really want to go back and watch it. Um, but yeah, he he does a lot of comedy, but I like him in the dramatic stuff because Mad Men was not comedic at all. Like that was serious shit. <laughs> like it's a very serious drama, dramatic role for him. Um, but I like him in both. Like he he's completely able to go from one extreme to the other and be believable. And it, you can't really say that for too many people. Like like Jamie Foxx, for example. <laughs> right. Uh, um. Ryan, what's your exposure to John Hamm been? Uh, he is one of the. Uh, he is one of the. He's one of the handful of celebrities that get brought up whenever people talk about uh, uh, celebrity baseball fans. Oh, and yeah. so he's been on a lot of like sport talk shows talking about specifically the St. Louis Cardinals because he is a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Hence oh. why I actually know his name and can recognize him because I've seen him do interviews a lot. So um, but anyway, besides that, I know him. Um, I know people uh, I know I know I know that he's in Mad Men because whenever he would be introduced on those like sport talk shows, they would say mm -hmm. John Hamm from Mad Men. So I knew he was from Mad Men. Um, I'm just realizing today that he's from the town as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Alan, for that one. Cause, because, I mean, now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that is him because memory, I recognized him. I'm looking through his other stuff and I don't really know him from anything else, but I do see that he's in the new Top Gun movie. Oh, that's cool. It just, it just, it doesn't say what what character he is. Well, that's because it's like they're, they're being very secretive about the Top Gun movie. Yeah. Why? Um, because it's a blockbuster. Yeah. Because people like me who are fans of the original one, I really want to see this movie. Like, I am really excited for Top Gun Maverick. I'm excited for it too. I don't think we're going to see it this year. No, I don't That's think so either. Unless they already moved the date to later. December 23rd. So yeah, Merry Christmas. We get to see Top Gun. Oh, wow. <laughs> get to celebrate Christmas around the volleyball net on the beach shirtless. Don't, <laughs> but don't forget uh, your oil. <laughs> yeah. Was that like a major <laughs> plot point of that movie that they had to get oiled up? Or were they just oiled for that scene? Because okay, full disclosure, never seen it. Never seen it either. We're going to be doing it for the we're going to be doing it for Maverick. Merry Christmas. We have to. OK, Merry good. Christmas. So th that'll be my movie to you guys on, okay. yeah. on my turnaround then. That'll that'll be our Christmas special. Yeah, because I and know I'm just going to yeah. tell you now that that scene is just them having fun. It's one of those 80s montages and oh, it yeah. just happens to be in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Sweet. I mean, I, that's, that's all it. I figured it was okay. going going back to movie soundtracks, though. That's a great one. That's yeah, it is. A great I one. even I know have, that's a good soundtrack. I have, I have, a, I have that soundtrack, um, even though I've never seen the movie. Um, and then. Also on the crew, uh, John Barenthal. Yeah, I yeah. liked him. He wasn't there for long, but I liked what he did. I didn't like his facial hair. I have to say that was probably oh. one of the worst like facial makeup jobs I've seen in a long time. I, I can't really it talk just... about facial hair right now because I've kind of I don't know what's going on with mine. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> I judge know, anyone else's. But, but yours is real. What they had on him was like the fake paste on beard and mustache thing. And it just did not line up with his hair. Like it oh. did not look right at all. Like, you know, I he, didn't even notice. Like he looked like not to go back to video games again, but he looked 
but he looked like a PlayStation 3 video game character. Like, like you know, the facial hair you would see on Def Jam Fight for New York or something. Like, that's the level of quality they had for his facial hair. It, just, it didn't look right to me. I'm not upset about that. I, I like these comparisons, and I think you should keep making more. <laughs> so the more you can relate these to video games, the more they're into my realm. So I'll understand. Have you played them. Def Jam Fight for New York? No. I don't oh, it's even... amazing. Is it a is it a, a basketball plays... game? No, it's a PlayStation Two fight. Uh, uh, it's a PlayStation Two fighter, and it puts the artists who were uh, who who were signed to the Def Jam label against each other as fighting characters. I see a picture here. It and has you... Snoop Dogg and Danny Trejo yes. in it. Yes, and you what? fought in back alleys. You fought in parking garages. You could, you could was it use your surroundings, and and it is loaded with like early millennium, like uh, uh, uh hip hop fashion, like the baggy pants and the big shoes and the baggy shirts and like the crazy hats and jewelry. And you can make your own custom character. Like it's an amazing fighter, but it is so expensive to buy now because everybody wants it. That's amazing. It's an, it's, it's one of the only fighters I like. I, you know what? I think on premise alone, I think I love this game. I mean, the yeah. fact that the top tier, f- oh, somebody's exiled from a tour. Sticky Fingers is exiled from all tournaments because he's too good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> it, it, it's an amazing game and the soundtrack is just equally amazing because it, it, it was produced by the Def Jam label. Oh, that's fun. So every like artist that is signed to their label is in that game. And there's a Def Jam 2. It's not as good, but it's still good. That's pretty cool, though. So I did have one actual Baby Driver question for you guys. Uh, this, this movie did something that I first saw, I think, in Mission Impossible 3 or 4, that I hated when I first saw it. And it took me a while to get used to it in this movie. And you guys probably won't have a problem with this, but I'm a child. Um, we know <laughs> uh, this movie does the thing where the cool thing is happening just off screen and you're watching basically the getaway driver while the cool thing happens. Um, I think it happened. I saw it first happen in like I said, one of the mission impossibles where like Ethan Hunt has to break into this building and steal this thing. And it's just a tight, close shot of the getaway van while you hear like alarms blaring and stuff and like hops out of a window. And I was like, no, show me the cool part. Like, this is kind of what <clears throat> happened in this movie, where it was, like, Baby's perspective, which wasn't the fun thing all of the time. It was him sitting in a car while the cool thing was happening. And at first, I really didn't like that. And I, I expected it my second time, so it was fine. But what did you guys think? I think it's done on purpose um, because Baby's not seeing what's going on there. And I think throughout the throughout the film, he gets to see more and more starting yeah. with the, with the armored truck heist where he sees the guard laying there bleeding. Yeah. Like he he does he's kind of blissfully unaware of what he's doing with these jobs, like how people are getting hurt when they do these. So the as he gets as we go further along in the film, he's seeing more and more to the point where he he's completely uncomfortable with it because he ignorance is bliss, but he's he's not able to turn his turn away from it. At a certain point, like once he sees it, he sees it and he yeah. has to acknowledge it. Yeah, I mean, like the, the director is only letting you see what he sees. 
And yeah. at a certain point, he can't unsee it anymore because it's just there. Mainly because of what bats Jamie Foxx's character. Yeah. It's mainly because of him. And but yeah, but but anyway, yes, that's kudos to Alan on that answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I think in Mission Impossible, it came across as like just for no reason. They just like wanted to do it to make a choice because like, you know, Mission Impossible isn't like directly following like anyone's perspective. It's like, look at how cool Tom Cruise is doing this thing. But I, I think that was I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Was that was it like the first or second one? It was one of the earlier ones. It wasn't like yeah. Ghost Protocol or Rogue, it, Rogue it's, State. It's, I remember seeing like that, and I think it was mainly for comic relief because, I mean, you see enough. You see enough of what they do. Like, you don't need to see what what like a 10 second robbery looks like. Yeah, Uh, this reminds me. There's a whole episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer called the Zeppo. Okay, which is so Buffy the Vampire Slayer is about the Slayer Buffy who kills vampires and all this. This episode focuses on her one of her gang, uh, Xander. It just shows him in his side adventures away from all the, the vampire slayer stuff. It's just what he gets into in a regular episode. So there will be times where it's like right after a battle and Buffy had just killed like all the vampires and he just walks in like, hey, what's going on? Like, so he misses like all the main action and it's fantastic. Um, I highly recommend Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, is there, isn't there an episode of Community where there's that too, where like they have like their normal community drama, but one of the characters is in the background doing something very exciting and we only see bits and pieces of it? Yeah, there's a episode where Abed uh, unites a couple, they get together, they get pregnant, and he delivers the baby all within like five minutes or like <laughs> within a whole episode. Like you see this whole journey. Pretty yeah, much. Awesome. If it's a. It, if it's a if it's a trope of anything, community did it. There's a episode of Xena where they follow like in the later seasons, there was that like dorky guy that would follow them around. Mm-hmm. And they did a whole episode from his perspective the one time, which was hysterical because, I mean, he was pretty much like their butler or like their assistant. And so the entire episode was just him like trying to make stuff easy for them. And, you know, like you do and you really didn't realize, you know, how much effort he put into like helping Xena, like save the day until until they did his uh, until they did his uh, his episode. And he didn't even realize he was doing half half the stuff he was doing because he was tripping over himself half the time. It was pretty much just a giant like stick comedy episode. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I have seen that done well in other places. I think I think I'm just like jaded by that Mission Impossible scene. I think I was like. I came to watch Tom Cruise do action stunts. Let me see him do action stunts. Devin, you get jaded by something when you do it a lot, not because you see it <laughs> once. Because... I mean, that's also true. Was it think... embittered? Is that is that the better word? That's better. Embittered. I think we just need to change the subtitle to this podcast. To Devin is jaded. <laughs> <laughs> Devin makes Ryan angry this episode. Find out why. <laughs> Alan, Alan. Yes. We need to make sure that Aerosmith's Jaded is the opening to this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, something that took me out of the movie. Yeah. For for like a little bit. Like I'm not saying it ruined the movie. Just like it kind. Of, I was like, really, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during the armored truck heist, 
and they all get back in and that good Samaritan like rams them. Yeah. In the blue pickup and he starts to chase them like I'm fine. I'm fine with all of the crazy driving and, you know, the red WRX spinning donuts around the cops and all of of the other driving stuff I can take because I've seen enough driving movies like I understand it's supposed to look cool. That's fine. I was even fine with the with the avalanche driving practically sideways on the like wall. I was fine. with. I thought that's what you were going to mention, actually. No, no. It was when the guy pulls the it was when the Good Samaritan goes from having a handgun to having an MP5K submachine gun in his truck. Well, was he okay? So was he really a good Samaritan, or was he yes. a plain was he a plain clothes no. guard for the no. truck? No, 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 no. He was okay. walking back to his truck. He was wearing a Marine hat. He was oh. wearing a Marines veteran hat, and he had Marine stickers on the truck. Mm. And he has the handgun in the glove compartment, which is fine. I, yeah. you know, he the he's a Second Amendment person or whatever. That's fine. That's cool. That means that at some point, you know, you're going to run into people like that and they're going to be armed and that's good. You know, whatever. Submachine gun. Do you, do you know how many licenses you have to have? Do you know how unrealistic that part is compared to everything else that happens in this movie to run into somebody that actually has a fully automated submachine gun in their v- truck? Oh, I mean, yeah, if he really, cause I think at some point I just rationalized him away. So he's probably just a plain clothes guard. But, I mean, you're right. Like, they don't make him out to be like one. They really make him out to be just a good Samaritan who owns a submachine gun in his car. And, my, and my, th- yeah. Sorry, My rationality <laughs> was this is a guy in the South in America. Of course he has guns. <laughs> yeah, I know. But there's a different, like, you don't have, like, yeah. you don't, like, so the gun specifically that he had, like, that's a SWAT team thing. Like that's something that like SWAT teams and specialized forces use to sweep out buildings. Like that's what that thing's made for. Wow. That's what it's used for. You're not going to have your everyday person carrying one of these things in their van for defense. Maybe there's probably like 10 people in the country driving around with one of those things because they have a license for it. And that's it. And everybody else who has a license for it, it's at home in a closet that's locked. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it, it, that's that's the one thing of this whole movie. I was like, really? <laughs> so I, I do remember the big thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about that. Oh, yeah. Before before we started recording, I told you that there was a video I wanted to send you. And I, yes. I completely blanked on it until just now. Um, if you look at the opening of this film. And follow the map of Atlanta where they drive, uh-huh. it's spot on. Like geog- really? the geography in that scene is perfect everywhere they go is an actual route that you can follow on google maps they close sorry i thought you were done there's a video (laughs) that follows the scene with the map like showing you where they are on the map and it like everything that happens on on screen is what would take you this route that's so cool so during the process of making this movie, they closed 30 streets during the process of making this film in Atlanta. I believe. Wow. It. Yeah. They closed 30 streets to do this, which I mean, I, which I mean, I, I mean, and that includes a highway. Like, you know, they definitely, uh, 
definitely got their money's worth when it came oh, to yeah. how much money they had to pay to get the permits they needed. But um, so what was your guys' favorite line in this? Because I have one. What, what was like your favorite like one liner or like punchline to a joke they were building up? Uh, my favorite would probably be do, do I do you think I know anything about Robert fucking Streisand? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. So an, another thing I found out in the notes that uh-huh. Jamie Foxx and her are friends. Oh, and uh, and uh, Edgar Wright. Did I get the yeah. name right. Yes. Yeah. Um, he asked Jamie Foxx about that line because he didn't want to make anybody mad. Like he didn't want to like ruin their friendship over that line. Oh, and, and Jamie Foxx's response was, nah, she's gangsta. <laughs> 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 uh, um i think i like the only like punchline that kind of stood out to me was just when like it was the name was uh jamie fox's name was bats and uh the bad guy who i'm not gonna name was like <clears throat> oh something something like a four letter first name and he was like you know bats isn't my real first name he goes okay leon and i was like yeah <laughs> good good answer to that Okay, so my favorite line in this entire movie is a punchline to a setup, and yeah. it's "Who doesn't like hats?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. When they're talking about the tattoo across his neck, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, so how's that working out for you? Who doesn't like hats?" <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. All right, so I have one last question then, and this is literally what I was thinking of while I was watching the movie. Ryan, how were the cars in it? Because the cars had kind of a different purpose. It's- than a lot of like some of them were meant to blend in some of them were meant to you know stand out real quick before he answers i'm just gonna sit back and relax because i have nothing to contribute to this question yeah i don't know i don't know what to think about the car they seem fine they seem like cars to me okay so every vehicle in this has its purpose um and some of it's tragic from a car person's point of view. Uh-huh. Um, but you know what? I was hoping you were going to ask this question. So I'm just going yeah. to answer it the way that, you know, the only way that I can. Uh-huh. The first vehicle. The red one. T- the 2006 WRX STI in red. Yeah. I personally like blue. That's one of that's that that is uh, Subaru's racing colors is blue and gold. So I would personally want a blue. But what I what I what I love what they did was that they took an STI and they did what a lot of STI Subaru guys do, which is they take the back wing off the spoiler off Mm -hmm. and they put on the normal WRX spoiler that's smaller okay because it's lighter so the car will go even faster and i love that they did that because it makes sense he needs to go really fast because they're driving away from the cops so Uh you're not going to want an extra 50 pounds on the back wheels you want it to be as light as possible so you can take those corners like they show um i did look this up because i wanted to know because i wanted to make sure that i had my knowledge right um subaru gave them like well, not gave them because it's an older model. They had close to 20 of those red cars. Wow. And they converted one of them to to real uh, to rear wheel drive, uh-huh. which uh, definitely makes sense because there were a few turns that that car would have not made being all wheel drive. <laughs> sure. But, 
but anyway, that's my favorite car. Like the Subaru WRX STI is my favorite vehicle, period, regardless of evolution style. But anyway, the Avalanche SUV pickup truck, uh-huh. um, they were told to get that vehicle from Doc, so they're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, rhyme or reason doesn't matter. That's uh, that's the type of vehicle that they were told to get, so they did. Um, having uh, Grabbing the, the red uh, Saturn Ion yeah. um, is whatever. It was just a random person's car, so that was good. It was a good-looking vehicle, so give it that. <laughs> the blue vehicle that uh, that they use at the post office. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that was, that was definitely a Mitsubishi, but I don't know if it was a Gallant or something else. I, 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 I don't even know if they've still made the Gallant or not, but that's their like normal sedan. Yeah. Um, they didn't really show what it could do, which Mitsubishi really doesn't put any real power in those anymore. Sure. Um, so using it to shish kebab, Jamie Foxx, I was happy about, um, <laughs> The cop cars were all Crown Vicks, which was... Oh, were they? They are my... Crown Vicks, to me, will always be cop cars. I don't care how many Dodges that these police companies buy, a Ford Crown Vic, to me, will always be a police car. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The Mercedes that that guy drove, that Doc drove, um, Mercedes gave them, like, eight or six of those, and that's a Mercedes, like, 550... I think mm-hmm. I could be completely off. I was looking this stuff up a few hours ago. Um, <laughs> that's their like. That's Mercedes. Like this is the best tech we have in a car. Like that's one of their more expensive models. Uh-huh. And they destroyed all of them. Oh no! In making this, so that so that made my heart hurt. Um, the Dodge Challenger in this, uh-huh. I'm happy that it wasn't a Hellcat because Dodge gave them. Dodge gave them eight vehicles and two and two or three of them were the were the challengers and they destroyed all of them as well. The Hellcat is like the like super, super like expensive one, which they didn't destroy any of those, which I was happy about. Uh Um, The Dodge police car that they have Uh in it, um, I believe that's the only Dodge cop car they have. I mean, you it. said the rest of them were Crown Vicks. Yeah, like the rest of them were Crown Vicks. So I found it funny that they had one specifically for uh, uh, f- for Buddy. But all of yeah. them had a purpose. They all fit. They uh-huh. were all shot beautifully. And I love the fact that the last vehicle is, a, is like the original Chevy Blazer. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, all the vehicles were good. In fact, uh, the uh, the main character, actually, they gave him that red car when Did they were they? done filming for a birthday present. Oh, I so love the that. actor who played baby, he actually got that. Uh, he actually got that vehicle. And then he had to drive it from Atlanta back to Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, I would. <laughs> I probably I would. would, too. And I even looked up to make sure that that interior was right. And it is. Wow. So I like those that. leather seats that are inside like that, yeah. like they didn't do anything like that's stock. That's how it goes. Except except for the trunk, because right. they had to switch that out. But yeah, but that's cool. I mean, I. All right. Yeah. Anything they're very utilitarian about it. No, I like it. I like this movie a lot. I, I bought it yeah. for this and I will watch it again. OK, so you said at the beginning you were trying to figure out if Edgar Wright is your favorite director. Is Edgar Wright your favorite director? I mean, based on so I I looked up Edgar Wright, like while we were doing this, I looked up Edgar Wright movies 
And I have only seen two of them. Three of them. I've seen three of them. I've seen this one, Scott Pilgrim and Hot Fuzz. And I love all three of these movies. So based on that, I... Yeah. You've never seen Shaun of the Dead? No. You've never seen Shaun of the Dead? No. I mean, I like... I I think I get, like, the... We're going to go to the the pint and wait it out. Or go to the bar and get a pint. Like, I get that. Like That's one part of the movie, dude. Yeah, that's... you you don't you, you, this is not one of those things that you can go off the your, your cultural zeitgeist for no you can't no because no. if it's anything like hot fuzz i'm gonna like it a lot hey I, Devin, I, I like Shaun of the dead a lot more than i like hot fuzz really yeah i like them both evenly but i love mm-hmm. Shaun of the dead because that was the original one and Devin, you've got red on you do i why you've got red on you is it is it my makeup Oh, I'm sorry. You haven't seen Shaun of the Dead. You don't get that reference. No, I don't. I don't know what it means. <laughs> to be fair, it's late and I didn't get that reference. And I've seen that a few times. Uh, oh, I'm right. disappointed. Well, anyway, so we'll, we'll have to do some more. Have you do some more homework this year and figure it out. Oh, definitely. Um, last year was the year of Kevin Smith. This might be the year of Edgar Wright. Not mad. He's only got like um, eight movies. Well, Devin, I do, I do have some homework for you then. For okay. next week's episode, in okay. addition to the movie itself. Okay, so good. next week is my turn. And since it's on Hulu, and we can watch it repeatedly without having to pay for it, next <laughs> week we're watching Parasite. Yes. Um, so get ready to read because we're we're going Korean. Oh, <laughs> I love this movie. I'm so excited. I don't want to yeah, bury the too. lead here, but I can't wait for I can't wait to hear what Ryan thinks of the movie. All right, I think that does it for this week. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on Facebook, like us on Instagram at You Have to Watch This Podcast. Uh, you can email any comments or questions to us at You Have to Watch This Podcast at gmail.com. Um, wherever you're listening to us, go ahead and leave a review and rate the podcast for us. We'd appreciate it. Uh, until next week for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week.